I have a great jacket collection. Uh, I look much better in pants than I do in shorts, and I have an amazing crew neck collection. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of it in the winter. Like I can put together a great outfit. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I woke up this morning at 5.15 a.m. All right, this has been a long day, and I shot out of bed pew, like I was shot out of a cannon at 5.15, just ready to attack the day. I'm like, let's go. Let's get it. All right, let's get into work. Let's get all the busy work done. Let's show prep. Let's email some guests. Let's schedule some stuff for this weekend. Make sure we're good to carry the Packer game here in lacrosse because WK2I is a Packer affiliate. Want to make sure that's all lined up. Like, I attacked today with so much intensity, and I'm excited for the show, and I'm excited to talk about Packers and Badgers and everything we're going to cover today. I'm jacked, but I'm really jacked to get home tonight because the new episode of The Mandalorian came out, and uh, it's the season finale, and I keep seeing people tweeting about it. Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. My coworker was waiting by the door for me to get here at 11 a.m. today just to tell me how amazing it was. Now, he didn't spoil it. He's like, there's no way. Stay off Twitter. Don't spoil it for yourself. But I had a coworker waiting by the door. He's like, hey, you be excited because it's amazing. Like, that's what I've been thinking about all day. Don't get me wrong. Packers, Panthers, that's going to bang. Badgers, Gophers tomorrow is going to be awesome. Badgers, basketball back. Clemson, Notre Dame is going to be amazing. And that's all great. I'm excited for that. But really, just so you're aware of my headspace. And I tweeted about this earlier today. I'm just amped to get home, put my feet up, maybe have a glass of wine. Not necessary. I can have a great time without alcohol. Right, and just watch the season finale, season two completion of The Mandalorian. That, that's what I'm about today. That's where my energy's at. Just full disclosure, so you know. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. This has been an amazing week from Giannis signing the Supermax, an amazing Monday night game, an amazing Thursday night game last night, an incredible rundown and, and schedule of games, both in college basketball, college football, the NFL's on tomorrow. We have no shortage of things to talk about, and it has been a lot of fun. Today's show is... I, I, it has potential, okay? I love our topics. We have a guest who I love. I just got to execute, okay? So I, I got to show up. I got to deliver. But I think this has the potential, the makings, to be a really, really good show. I want to talk about the Packers' defense coming up at 420. Perry Goldstein of Packer Report, Cheesehead TV, Packs What She Said podcast. That's coming up at 435. She's one of the best guests that comes on the show. She is tremendous. So if you don't know Perry, you haven't heard her before, she's going to hit us with a bunch of Packers knowledge coming up at 430. I want to talk about the Badgers, and we're also going to hear from Devontae Adams, because I said yesterday that we're done praising Aaron Rodgers, because I don't want to jinx him, right? His season is trending in the direction of an MVP, and I don't want to jinx him. So I said, instead of hearing from Aaron Rodgers today, let's hear from Devontae Adams. And I thought he provided some really interesting perspective this week when he spoke to the media. So we're going to do that coming up at 530, just a little glance uh, ahead at tonight's show, which you are always welcome to join on the talk and text line, 608-796-2558. And you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I tweeted out earlier today that I, I, I tried to stay off Twitter most of the day today because you people are, you're absolute heathens. You don't have a civilized bone in your body. You will get on Twitter an hour after the Mandalorian comes out and tweet spoilers. And I, I tell you what, I'm just not here for it. So if you tweet me, I see a notification, I'll go check it out. But just know, that if you tweet at me and you bait me into looking at it and you give me a Mandalorian spoiler, I will walk away from this microphone and find you 
I will let the rest of this show go silent and I will hunt you down. Just like the Mandalorian has been doing for a straight season. And I want to see how the season ends. So please keep the spoilers to yourself on social media. But if you want to share your Star Wars takes and your Packers takes at Wisco Grant, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Let's dig into this. This week has been fascinating. And this has been very unorthodox for this time of year. Because typically during football season, during Packers season, this is how the week goes. Monday, we have... uh, Everything to talk about. Like two hours isn't enough. We got to talk about the offense, the defense. Did the Packers win? Did the Packers lose? Got to talk about the Badgers. What else happened over the weekend, right? Monday is jam-packed. And then as the week rolls along, you start to run out of things to talk about. Well, we've already talked about this. We already talked about this game. We already listened to this press conference, right? And by Friday, you're just getting, we're, we're gassed. We've hit all the same topics a hundred times and we're ready for the weekend. We're ready for a new set of games uh, and, and something else to talk about you know, next Monday when the week starts, come Monday. Uh, Shout out Jimmy Buffett. Normally, Monday, Tuesday, those are the busiest days of the week. This week, I feel the opposite. Monday was ho-hum, right? The Badgers didn't score any points. That's nothing new. And the Packers won. That's nothing new. Like, we didn't have anything new to talk about on Monday. But then on Monday night, Monday night football was amazing, right? And then Tuesday, Giannis signs the Supermax. And then last night, Thursday night football was incredible. It was awesome. It was one of the best games of the year. So this week, very unlike most weeks during football season, we've actually got more topics and more things to talk about as the week goes along. And I want to talk about Monday Night Football for a moment. I want to talk about last night's Thursday night game, final, final Thursday night game of the year. And then I want to tie in the Green Bay Packers because I was thinking about the Packers last night. But you got to let me get there. We got to talk about Monday's game real quick and then Thursday's game. And then I'll I'll, I'll, uh, share with you what I was thinking about last night when it comes to the Packers while watching Thursday Night Football. Monday night might have been the best game of the year. Monday Night Football was the perfect matchup for smart football people. And I'm not saying, like, you watch football and, you know, you like math. Like, no, I mean, like, analytics football people. Like, that game had fourth down attempts. It had two-point conversions. It had play calling that was based on analytics. Both of these rosters, I think, are built pretty smart. That was Baltimore and Cleveland, right? The Browns have drafted pretty well, developed pretty well. The Ravens, we know what they've done, right? They've built an offense and, and built their team to fit Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, like very two very smart football teams on Monday night. And it was football poetry, which is insane because that game included the Browns. I, I never think smart football and the Cleveland Browns. But on Monday night, that was the case. The Ravens won 47-42. Lamar Jackson got cramps, leaves the game, right? Everybody thinks he's taking a number two. That has not been the story. Maybe they're really trying to you know keep it quiet. I don't. If I had to take a dump during a game, I'd tell everyone that's hilarious, especially if I came back. And the team wins. I would I would tell everyone that I was taking a dump. So I, I think he did just have cramps. Baltimore saves their season, moves to 8-5, 47-42. They win on Monday night. Good for Baltimore. I was bummed for the Browns because I thought that was a game that, that hopefully those fans kind of deserved. Kevin Stefanski is as advertised. He's brilliant. The AFC and the AFC North look really interesting. That was the best Monday night football game of the year. Maybe the best game of the year, which we talked about this on Tuesday. You, we, I make fun of Monday Night Football a ton on this show. I just kind of rip ESPN a lot on this show. But Monday Night Football does one thing really well. They, they manage to get one amazing game a year that kind of saves them, right? A couple of years ago, 2018, it was the Rams and the Chiefs when they scored like 110 combined points. It was unreal. This year, it was Baltimore and Cleveland on Monday night. Now, fast forward a couple of nights to last night, the final Thursday night football game of the, the year. Final game of the season on Thursday night. Now, the Vikings and the Saints play next Friday on Christmas, but this was the last official Thursday night football game of the year. And last night was maybe the best 
Thursday night game of the year. And it was an amazing way to to wrap up, like, this week's, like, weird game. You know what I mean? Like, this has been a weird week in the NFL. And Thursday night football is typically the weirdest game. Like, weird things happen on Thursday night. And then you throw the Chargers in a weird game, and you just have a recipe for entertainment. It's probably a recipe for disaster, but it's entertaining. The Chargers are a disaster, but they're entertaining, as are the Raiders. Right? These th- Those two teams last night, by the way, if you missed the game, the Chargers won 30-27 to 27 in overtime. And the Chargers and the Raiders are a true delight in the AFC West to watch. And unfortunately, we don't get to watch them on national TV a lot, especially in Wisconsin. It's a bummer because these teams really are a treat to watch. Both of these coaches are just allergic to winning. They, they are allergic to winning. John Gruden in the second half of games as well as the second half of seasons is not very good. Right, the, the fourth quarter, I think, summarized both of these teams, summarizes their seasons, summarized the game last night. Both teams, the Chargers and the Raiders, were given gifts, and they did nothing with them. Like, the, the, the Chargers got a Marcus Mariota interception while the Raiders were driving to take the lead. They go the other way with it. They missed the field goal. Okay, great. great. Glad you got that interception so you could squander it, and the game could go to overtime. Right, John Gruden was given gifts in the fourth quarter. Didn't matter. The Chargers were given a couple of gifts in the fourth quarter. Didn't matter because these two teams are poorly coached. They're poorly organized. They're a treat to watch, but they're a little bit of a disaster. Spoiler alert for NFL fans out there. In case you didn't know, field goals are more often than not uh, the wrong choice. Like, like typically the right choice is to go for it on fourth down, right? Field goals are, are a very typical way for coaches to mess things up. You want to look at good coaches, bad coaches, you don't have to look much farther than coaches' decisions whether to kick field goals or whether to go for it. Right? Because smart coaches are going for it a whole lot more than the dumb coaches. And I get it. The other day, Mike Zimmer tried like a 55-yarder with Dan Bailey. He really didn't have a choice. Like Sometimes you have to kick the field goal because the down and distance and the time in the game, Like I, I get it. Right? It's a little bit more than win probability and win percentage. There, there is a little bit more thought and gut feeling that goes into going forward or kicking a field goal. But more often than not, going for it is the right choice. Field goals are, are phasing out. We should see fewer field goals in the NFL. Because a lot of times, even if you make a field goal, it really doesn't boost your win probability that much. Sometimes it hurts it. Sometimes it's better to go for it and not get it than it is to kick a field goal and make it. I know that sounds backwards, but if you look at the win probabilities and the way these things are charted over the course of four quarters, a lot of times it's, it's the much better choice to go for it. Now, the Chargers... They are addicted to just missing field goals, not necessarily going for it or, or, or you know, choosing not to kick a field goal. They, they choose to kick field goals. They, they just are addicted to missing field goals, and it's been that way for my entire life, right? Their kicker was 1-3 of three last night. At one point at the end of the game, the Chargers are driving, trying to kick a game-winning field goal, and on third down, they take a sack to back themselves up, which had to just infuriate the Chargers kicker. And then, because they couldn't get set up in time, the Chargers had to take a timeout, effectively icing their own kicker, and then go figure, the kicker misses, and they go to overtime. Now, the Chargers were still able to win, but it's just brutal. It's just brutal. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's not my team. But the Chargers are addicted to missing field goals and taking dumb field goals when they should probably go for it instead. The Raiders, on the other hand, they're addicted to taking field goals when they should be going for it on fourth down. Now, the Raiders' kicking situation is a lot better than the Chargers' Daniel Carlson, sorry Vikings fans, is actually having a really, really good season. It was a bummer. He was going to have a chance to kick a 65-yarder last night, and the holder dropped the ball. The biggest tease ever. I wanted to see an attempted game-winning 65-yard field goal. We didn't get it because the holder couldn't get the ball down. 
That was a bummer. The Raiders and John Gruden are addicted, addicted to taking field goals when they should be going for it on fourth down. And I have the perfect statistic to illustrate this. Kevin Clark wrote a piece about this in The Ringer this week. It was brilliant. And it really kind of made my eyes pop. The Raiders are first in the NFL in field goal attempts from 20 to 29 yards. Right? So, like, extra point range. Old extra point range. When you're right on, right in the 10-yard line and the 15-yard line. The Raiders have kicked 13 field goals this season from 20 to 29 yards. That's most in the NFL. 13. Do you know how many field goals the Packers have taken from 20 to 29 yards this season? Take a guess. I will wait. Ponder it for a moment. See if you can remember. 20 to 29 yards. The Raiders are most in the NFL at 13. The Packers have taken one. They've kicked one field goal from that distance all season long. Now, don't get me wrong. Certainly an advantage to have Devontae Adams and to have Aaron Rodgers. I've called him a cheat code, a trump card, whatever you want. Devontae Adams is the perfect weapon when you get in the red zone. And the Packers take advantage of that. The Raiders don't have that guy. And I will give John Gruden credit there. But the Raiders, 13, 13 field goals from 20 to 29 yards away. That's stupid. That's really, really stupid. And it doesn't take a lot of research. It doesn't take a lot of math to figure out that that's stupid. Now, the Chargers and the Raiders, these aren't exactly the sharpest teams, right? They're fun to watch, but they are. They're a nightmare. And it looks like Anthony Lynn is unfortunately probably going to get fired, which stinks because everybody has, you know, really nice things to say about Anthony Lynn. Great leader, great man. And I'll come out and say it. Like, I don't want to see a black head coach be fired. That's a bummer. The NFL is trying to get more diverse at that position at executive and head coach, right? The Rooney rule is the thing. I don't know how effective that is. They're messing around with this idea of, of rewarding a team for developing uh, a minority candidate for an executive position or for a head coach uh, with draft compensation. I, I think that's an interesting idea that should be explored. It stinks that Anthony Lynn could be fired because there's not very many black coaches in the NFL. A lot of black players, right? Not a lot of black coaches. And it stinks that Anthony Lynn's probably going to get canned. But he hasn't been very good at his job, which stinks. It's unfortunate. Chargers, Raiders, not exactly the brightest teams. Now, I want to bring the Packers into this conversation because, after all, this is the Wisco Sports Show. Although I'm not afraid to talk about Thursday Night Football. That game was awesome, right? But I want to bring the Packers into this conversation because as I was watching the Raiders last night, I, I couldn't help but feel for him a little bit because against them last night is Justin Herbert, who looks like he's going to be great for the next 10 to 12 years. Why not? He lo- The Chargers look like they have their guy. Justin Herbert looks great, right? They're in the same division with Justin Herbert and with Patrick Mahomes. What are you going to do? The, the, the Raiders have a great tight end. Darren Waller, who's an awesome story. Josh Jacobs is a great back. Their offensive line isn't as good as it was a couple years ago with Donald Penn, but it's still good. Brand new stadium. And you know what? None of it's really going to matter because they have to deal with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes for a decade. Good luck, right? Sometimes success in sports is tied to timing and a little bit of luck. And right now, luck and timing are not on the Raiders' side because two of the best young quarterbacks that have come into the league in the last decade are both in their division. What I mean by this and how I'm tying it into the Packers is when you have the quarterback and when you're on top in your division and and when the sun is shining, you got to make hay. You have to make hay while the sun shines because the Packers could be in a position, although I'd be shocked, Vikings and the Bears could draft it. No, that's not realistic, but maybe the Lions could. Who knows? And the Packers are on the outside looking in, right? That could very realistically happen. You can build a great team, get a great coach. You don't have the quarterback, which right now the Packers do. You don't have the quarterback. It might not matter. I think the Raiders were a good example. And I think the Raiders last night is as good of, you know, good of excuse, good a bit as evidence as any to argue that the Packers should be pushing all their chips to the middle of the table, going in while they have Aaron Rodgers. That's not what they're doing. 
And I understand why some Packer fans are a little bit frustrated, a little bummed out by that. Let's take a break. I want to continue to talk about the Packers and this idea of, you know, luck and timing. We'll also speak with Perry Goldstein, our friend from Cheesehead TV uh, and Game on Wisconsin, coming up at 435. One of my favorite guests. Can't wait. Happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm glad you're here. Going to have a lot of fun tonight. I explained to start the show that I'm just I'm just biding time until I can go home and watch the season finale of The Mandalorian that came out last night. I've avoided spoilers this far. I think I can keep it going for two more hours until I can run home and fire up Disney+. Plus. If you want to join the show, reach out. 608-796-2558. Jordan Breacher. Thanks for reaching out. Big Joe tweets at me. Lace is out. Yeah, lace is out. Well, that's the thing, Big Joe. I'm glad you brought that up because we're talking about last night's Thursday night football game. Right? Daniel Carlson was going to get a chance to kick like a 65-yarder to win the game. And the holder didn't mess up the laces. He just never got the football down. Like, it hit him right in the chest and he dropped it. And I'm I'm sitting at home. And the, the, this thing happens when somebody attempts a really long field goal. Maybe you do this. You lean in. You like you you sit up on the couch and you start to lean in. You're like, oh my god, is he going to make it? I wanted to see Daniel Daniel Carlson rip one from 65 yards, and it was even more interesting because if Daniel Carlson hits that, then it's even more of a middle finger to the Vikings because the Vikings let that guy go, and and Dan Bailey had a, a you know a terrible game on Sunday, so that just would have made for a hilarious story, a hilarious narrative. I'm not trying to rip on Vikings fans. I have no quarrel with Vikings fans at this time. But, you know, I love a good narrative. Sports narratives are the best, and that would have made for a solid one. Daniel Carlson, it's a 65-yard game winner uh, the week that Dan Bailey goes, you know, leaving 10 points out on the field. That that would have been funny. No no beef against Vikings fans. You get it, right? It would be, be funny if it was any team. Just happened to be the Vikings, who are a very hilarious team. I loved last night's Thursday night football game. It was a blast. My whole goal was to go to bed early. I wanted to be in bed at, like, 10 last night. Because I filled in on our morning show here in lacrosse this morning, which is 6 to 9. Which means i got to get up pretty early. And I don't like being tired doing live radio. That's good for nobody, right? I don't enjoy it, so I don't sound good. And then people don't enjoy when they're listening. So I like to be well-rested. And, of course, the game goes to overtime. And, of course, it's an amazing game, right? So I'm all riled up, and I can't fall asleep easily. It was an awesome game. And you know what? The Chargers pulled it off. I didn't think they had it in them. 30 to 27 in overtime. And I'm doing my best to talk about this game and enjoy this game while also talking about the Packers. Because, you know, this is the this is the Wisco Sports Show. We just discussed the importance of timing and the importance of luck. Right? Look at the Raiders. I think the Raiders have done a lot of smart things. I think hiring John Gruden was a smart decision. I think, you know, I think Carr could be worse. Derek Carr could be a worse quarterback. I think that's a good decision. Darren Waller is a brilliant tight end. That's a good decision. Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. That was a good decision. Max Crosby is a really good edge rusher, especially for where they got him in the draft. That was a good decision. But yet, the Raiders are 7-7 seven and seven and seemingly destined to be third place or worse in their division for the next 10 years. Why? Because the Chargers now have Justin Herbert and the Chiefs are really good and they have Andy Reid, but yeah, they have Patrick Mahomes. So the Raiders can, you know, make their nice draft picks and their nice roster moves, and they can build their new stadium. 
but until Justin Herbert is gone or Patrick Mahomes is gone or the Raiders draft somebody better to be their quarterback, they're, they're kind of stuck in neutral. Timing. Timing is everything. Timing is important. You know, players, coaches, they're, they're important. Don't get me wrong. But you need to have timing on your side. You need to have some good luck as well. And I think the Ravens on Monday night and the Chargers last night showed the importance of timing and luck. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson, most of all, he came running out of the locker room just on time. Speaking of timing, speaking of luck, I think the Ravens and the Chargers are both great examples of how timing decides things in the NFL. Maybe just as much as personnel, scheme, luck, coaching. Timing is very, very important. The Ravens are a good example, especially their defense, because Baltimore this year is on pace to sack the quarterback fewer times than they were last year. Baltimore's got a good defense, right? Especially good secondary. We've known that for the last two years. They run the ball. They play defense. That's what they do. They run the ball really, really well. Baltimore is on pace this season to record fewer sacks than in 2019, which is odd because they signed or retained Calais Campbell, Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngankwe, Derek Wolf. They drafted Patrick Queen. Well, their defense was good last year. It's got a lot of sacks last year. And they added Ngankwe. They drafted Patrick Queen. It should be better. They should take a step up, right? Not the case. It's weird. It's odd. It's not explainable. It just seems like a natural ebb and flow of NFL football, right? It seems like a t- it's a timing thing. It's just not working for the Ravens this year like it was last year. Not getting the matchups. The, the timing isn't working out. And it's weird in the same way that Pettin's timing hasn't worked out because Pettin arguably had his best defense when he had his worst personnel, right? In 2018, th- that's when the Packers' defensive personnel was probably at its worst, the final year under Mike McCarthy. Yeah, they had Jair Alexander, but they didn't have a pass rush. The Smith brothers weren't there. They didn't have Adrian Amos, right? They, they were kind of depleted in 2018. And still, we were impressed by Mike Pettin's defense. And then in, and in 2019, they had the Smith brothers, and they had Amos, right? And they're, they're, they're good. They don't take a, dr- a drastic step up. They don't improve by a large margin, at least not the margin you'd expect when you spend all that money and, and you know draft more on the defensive side. And then in 2019, they, they get worse. Despite their personnel all being together for another year, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, a year better, their defense is worse this year. How is it that Mike Pettin's best defense had arguably its worst personnel? Timing. I don't know. You can't explain it. It's football. The Chargers are another great example. The Chargers are 5-9. and nine, But that team is good as hell. That team is good as hell. The roster is good as hell. Keenan Allen... Right, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, that's a pretty good offensive trio. On defense, they're not all healthy right now, but they got some players. Right, Joey Bosa was tremendous last night till he got hurt. Right, Melvin Ingram, Derwin James, that's a pretty good unit. Hopefully Derwin James, you know, comes back healthy as does Evan or Melvin Ingram, not Evan Ingram next year. And Justin Herbert could very well be the offensive rookie of the year. And they're 5 and 9. They're not any good yet. This and I said this on the morning show here in Lacrosse today. The Chargers' goal should be to contend for a Super Bowl next year. Their goal should be to get the right coach and contend next year. That's how it works, right? Russell Wilson did his second and third year. Jared Goff did it in his second year. Heck, Mitchell Trubisky did it in his second year, really his first year as a starter. Right? The Chargers are right now right where they want to be. They just need a better coach. It's all coaching. It's all organization. It's all timing. It's luck. The personnel is there. The results aren't. Just like with the Ravens' defense, just like with the Packers' defense. We can talk about the draft and, you know, who these teams should take, who they shouldn't, who the Packers missed out on. We can talk about free agency. But coaching and scheme is just as important. Timing is just as important. Luck is just as important. And that's something that we don't, we don't talk about, we don't remember. We, we think it should be simple. Whatever team has the best players, they should win. 
right? Whatever team is healthy, they should win. Doesn't always work like that. And I think it's it's worth repeating. It, it bears a reminder. Let's take a break. Coming up next, I want to talk Packers with Perry Goldstein. Cheesehead TV, Packer Report, Game on Wisconsin. One of my best guests. Love having her on. Excited to talk to her. Coming up next, you're on the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am lucky enough to be your host. Lucky enough to talk Wisconsin sports with you every night for two hours. Although we've been talking a little bit about the Ravens, the Chargers, the Browns, the Raiders. I'm doing my best to tie it all together, right? Yeah, I watched Thursday night football, but here's what I learned about the Packers. Yeah, the Raiders are idiots when it comes to kicking field goals from like six yards away. The Packers never do that. Of course, it helps to have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in the red zone. 608. 796-2558. That's the talk and text line. If you want to be part of the show, that's the best way. You can always tweet at me at Wisco Grant uh, as well. Full disclosure, full, full disclosure. We're about to talk to our uh, friend Perry Goldstein. And this, this won't be live. I talked to her about an hour ago and I recorded it. I don't need to lie to you, right? I don't need to pull a fast one on you. I talked to her about an hour ago, right before the show started. And I recorded it and I, you know, cut it up and all nice and neatly. But I want to make a disclaimer before we get into this Packers conversation I've noticed that when I'm doing a podcast or when I'm not on the air, my delivery is a little bit different. Like, I, I don't do a ton of podcasting anymore. Like, I, I do two hours of the show every day, and I, I post it at WK2YSports.com, right? And, and that's where you can listen live. You can listen live at WK2YSports.com or on the WK2Y mobile app. You can listen at MadCitySportsZone.com as well. Lots of ways to stream. The podcast is available there, too. But I used to do a lot more casual podcasting, kind of for fun or you know, before I got a job in radio to, to try to get my chops up and to get practice. And I noticed that my delivery is a little bit more patient. I'm a little bit more soft-spoken when I do podcasts. I'm a little bit more uh, uh, contemplative, you know. It sounds a little bit more philosophical, if you will. So the mic sounds a little bit different because I didn't record in this studio, so the process was a little bit different. Uh, and I do, I think I break out my podcast voice. But here is the always wonderful, very wise, very educational Perry Goldstein. Enjoy. Perry Goldstein joining us now on the Wisco Sports Show, Packs What She Said podcast, Pack a Day podcast. Um, of course, she does awesome stuff with Packer Report as well. Perry, uh, it's been about a month, I think, since we've talked. How have you been? I saw that uh, you got a snowstorm in New York City, and I'm actually kind of jealous. We haven't gotten any snow here yet. Yeah, it was our first one, and it was kind of a doozy. We got a full foot. Uh, it's starting to get a little mushy because in New York City, nothing stays clean and white for too long. Yeah. But for about 24 hours, it was beautiful. And I saw a picture of your dog on Twitter. I'm, I was a little disappointed that it didn't have a Packer name. I was expecting some awesome Packer name that I'd never heard before. Like we had, like growing up, our neighbors had Lambo, and then they had Brett. But I, like I figured you had some like forgotten about player. Like you had some deep name, but no. What was your dog's name again? I know I asked, but Hudson. That's close enough. So, yeah, some people are like, oh, it's like Hudson. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, it's, it's close enough. Exactly. Um, I went back and I checked my calendar. We talked after the Jags game, after they beat Jacksonville. And since then, they lost a tough game immediately to the Colts, which we've kind of forgotten about, but not really. And then the last three weeks, they've just handled the Bears, the Eagles, and the Lions kind of easily. Uh, it feels like we've just been kind of 
It's been kind of relaxing for the last three weeks as Packer fans. We're just kind of vibing. Like, the offense has been amazing. Like, what have the last three weeks been been like? We haven't had a lot of stress. Yeah, we've been cruising, I think. None of these games are really that scary. You never know what's going to happen on a Sunday, but Mm -hmm. they also haven't been great opponents either. They don't strike fear into the heart. Uh, I will say that the 41, the dropping 41 on the Bears, it doesn't matter how bad the Bears are. It doesn't matter what year it is. That always feels great. Uh, and I will say, too, you know, division games can be kind of funky. So yeah. always yeah. winning against any division opponent like we have against the Lions and the Bears is always a nice feeling. Yeah, and beating the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are a great example, right? Like, nobody expected the Packers to even be close in that game, and then the Vikings come out and win. And, like, I think fans sometimes use a divisional game as, like, a reason. Like, if the Packers barely beat the Lions, who are terrible. Like, Packers fans might rationalize that and say, well, it's a divisional game. You know, you can never count them out, you know, as bad as the Lions might be. But I think there is some truth to that. These teams know each other really well. And, yes, it always feels good to drop 41 on the Bears. Like, that felt like 2014. Like, the Packers, every other game they played the Bears, it was on Sunday Night Football, and they would just smash them at Lambeau. And it's been a couple of years since we had that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I agree. Yesterday on my show, kind of a big moment, a big announcement. I announced that we are putting a full stop, a full embargo on over-the-top praise of Aaron Rodgers on my show. Because the way I see it, he kind of has an inside track at the MVP right now. Even if he's not favored, I haven't checked the odds this week. Like, it's his to lose, even if he's not the favorite right now. And I don't want to jinx him. Like, I, like we're going to talk about what he does well. Like, oh, he had a great game. But, like, I'm not going to do full segments on, like, his footwork or whatever. We're just going to kind of let it be. I don't want to jinx it. Um, the last couple of games, the Packers have been scoring points on points on points. What have you seen from Aaron Rodgers, um, especially in this last month, that has jumped out to you that maybe you didn't notice earlier this year or certainly not the last couple of seasons? Well, the last couple of seasons, I think he just has looked really uncomfortable on the field. And the man doesn't get stressed per se, but he he's a very emotive guy. You can read his face during games. You mm. know when he's not thrilled with what's going on. He looks like he's on vacation every week. Like, he knows exactly what's happening. He is the captain of the ship. He is in control. He's just really locked in. It, it really reminds me of Run the Table, Aaron Rodgers, 2014 Aaron Rodgers, just absolute confidence that no matter what he's going to get the ball where he needs it to go and have it go in the end zone i i think that the newest piece of it to me is he's also having fun he can be a very serious guy which is fine he's the leader of a franchise he's a quarterback you know he he should take his job seriously he's certainly getting paid enough but he's having a really good time and you know we haven't seen aaron Rodgers like follow his running back 77 yards downfield to block for him or celebrate in the end zone or, you know, give his little, you know, you can't see what I'm doing, but make a little hand motion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and things like that. And just talking about the inside jokes that he has with his teammates and things, I think it's brought out a really sort of fun, younger side that we haven't seen in a really long time. Is that just related to wins and losses? Because, I mean, I've, I've seen the Packers win games the last couple of years, and I, I've i never really seen Rodgers act like that. Like, he hasn't celebrated. I haven't seen the belt in years. And it's a bummer because that came up on the Pat McAfee show this week, and they didn't press him on it at all. Rodgers is like, no, the belt's not dead. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, like, when are we going to see it again? Because I want to see the belt celebration again. But, I, I like, I don't think Rodgers' happiness is just wins and losses. Is he just enjoying LaFleur's offense? 
is it Nathaniel Hackett and the Austin Powers references? Like, I don't know <laughs> what it is about this team that, that makes it more fun. I don't either. I would love to know because that would mean I would have some insight into yeah. a locker room. But I think that it it feels like he's, and this is just based off of some things that he said on the Pat McAfee show, it, it feels like he, in not just football, but his whole entire life, is in like a really good headspace. And I think when you're, you take care of yourself and you take care of your mental health, you just end up enjoying things so much more. And you can equate it maybe to the Jordan Love pick. I don't. But there is something to be said kind of where maybe this offseason was sort of a light bulb moment for him where he was like, oh, I actually may not be here forever, so I need to enjoy this for as long as I have it. And that's sort of the vibe that I'm getting from him this whole season. Yeah, and and by the way, you should know, Perry Goldstein, um, Game on Wisconsin, Packer Report. I, I've been told by my listeners the last week or two that I say vibe a lot. I like. I don't know if it's worse the last week or two. I don't know if I'm saying it just to kind of be like, just to mess around, but I'm glad that you're bringing the same energy as me today. Um, because my listeners have pointed that out, like they they're it bringing must up... be a generation thing. Yeah, I think so. I get tweets and texts like Grant, you have great vibes today. I was like, well, sorry, it's just yeah, it's a filler word. I'm sorry if you if you don't vibe with me saying vibes. I'm sorry, but Perry, I mean Perry said it, not me. So I'm I this shows uh that we're all on the same page today. Uh, I want to ask you about Matt Lafleur and Aaron Jones. Um, does Matt Lafleur take it easy on Aaron Jones when he knows that the game is kind of in control? Because Williams and Jones. They didn't split carries last week. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it finished like 17 carries for Jones, 10 for Williams or something like that. But for a good chunk of that game, it was half and half. Or Joe or Williams actually seemed like the feature back, especially the first half in the third quarter of that, that Lions game. And I just think it was because Matt LaFleur knew Jones wasn't really needed. Like, is it simple as that? Like, he's just saving him? And Aaron Jones can't love that, right? Like, he's in a contract year. I have a few thoughts about this. Okay, good. So... One of them is potentially not – it's not as analytical as the other. So okay. I'll start with the analytical one first. I think that when you are just absolutely popping off in the passing game, you're not going to use your running backs because why would you? Yeah. Uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers locked in with Devontae Adams and you're scoring points like quickly and in rhythm and on time and you're getting up two scores – you're not going to use your running backs nearly as much. There's no reason to do that. So I think that is, I think that's why there's been less carries in general for the backs in the last couple of weeks. The second is, I think it's pretty clear that the Packers are not just going to make a deep playoff push, but are potential Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The Packers historically have been pretty conservative when it comes to injuries and the health of their players. And I think that potentially there is some foresight into we need to make sure that both Jones and Williams are as healthy as possible for the playoffs. And no matter what, we've clinched a spot. We could potentially have the one seed. Let's just do what we can. Use them when we need to. Split their carries. Make sure that they both are healthy. Because let's be real. We need both of them. We have a one-two punch in the backfield. We see them on the field at the same time quite often. A.J. Dillon's been on the COVID reserve list. He's just getting back in there, so he might need some time. Like, let's just keep these both as healthy as we possibly can because we're going to need them at full strength come January. Well, and do you think, like, the Rams from a couple years ago with Todd Gurley, like, that's a cautionary tale, right? Like, it's all fun and games. Your running back is a fantasy football monster all season long. 
but then you get to the postseason and your running back is shot. Like, I, I think there is a scenario, as great as their passing game has been, there is a scenario in the postseason where Devontae Adams is not eliminated, but mitigated. Is that the word I'm looking for? Like, he's slowed down yeah. enough, and maybe Tunyon can't get open and MVS can't get open. Well, now Aaron Jones, we've seen how big of a, a piece of the passing game he can be. Uh, so I think keeping him healthy is paramount. It's just weird. It creates a really weird dynamic because Jones is in a contract year. Now he has a new agent. This is such a cop-out question, and I, I pondered whether I wanted to ask you this or not, but seeing we're on the topic, like, what's your sense about Jones? Because I think at one point we thought pretty, you know, with a lot of certainty that they were going to resign Aaron Jones. Like, of course they will. He's a big part of their offense. He's a Packer. I, I don't feel that way anymore. L- like, what's your sense right now? This is such a cop-out question once again, but I feel like we got to talk about it if we're talking about the running game. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, okay. My first thought for what you said is like, is Aaron Jones happy? I, I think Aaron Jones is a team player, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, he's had a he's had a great year. He he just had his one of his best games, his longest touchdown run ever. I, I don't know if Aaron Jones is necessarily sitting there complaining about how many touches he's not Fair. getting, because uh, he just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But yes, he is in a contract year. He just got a new agent, which look. I think that Aaron Jones, like I said, is a team player. I think both him and Jamal, if given the right opportunity, would be more than happy to stay in Green Bay. Um, They feel like homers. But Aaron Jones is now a father and has a family and a son that he needs to take care of. And there's a longevity issue with running backs in the NFL. And I wouldn't put it past him to go out and say, especially with, you know, the history of his agent that he just signed with, test the market and see how much money he can get. Uh, I don't see the Packers paying him more than like 12 to 13 million a year. They're just not going to do that. And if he wants more, if he wants a Dalvin cook and Alvin Kamara contract, like he may have just end up signing elsewhere. And that's just the name of the game. Yeah. And and I think some other team sees him as that type of player and worth that type of investment. I, I just don't think it's the Packers. And I was joking with one of my friends who's a Vikings fan right? The Stefan Diggs and the Justin Jefferson trade worked out so well. I suggested that if Aaron Jones is going to get paid and go somewhere, go to the AFC and go to Buffalo. Like I can watch Aaron Jones ball out as a member of the Bills. We can watch Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen and it's a blast and we don't have to worry about him in the NFC. Like if he's going to go somewhere, I think Buffalo is go to Buffalo. That would be amazing. I, I actually love, love that. Also, I've been loving watching Buffalo. I have a few fr- friends from up there, so I'll watch games with them yeah. and they really are just, unless it's the Super Bowl, right? Like we don't have to worry about them really ever. So yeah. why not? Yeah. I love it. Except for that one random game in 2014 when they just beat the Packers out of nowhere. That That's the yeah. first thing I think of with the Bills, but they're a blast to watch. The first then... thing I think of is Micah Hyde because mm-hmm. that was the saddest I've ever been not re-signing a free agent. Yeah, he's a great player. And like, and if Aaron Jones goes there, okay, great. Then I can cheer for Hyde and I can cheer for Jones. They're all in the same place and I only have to watch one game. Great. Awesome. Um, Perry Goldstein. Uh, game on Wisconsin pack report. She does the packs, which she said podcast. It is wonderful. Let's wrap up with the defense. Um, I currently love and hate this Packers defense. I, I realize they're not the worst defense in the league. I'm, I'm not saying they're garbage. I'm not saying they're trash. And I realize that they don't need to be the best defense in the league either. Like, I think I have halfway decent perspective on this defense. I love it and hate it. I love Jair who shuts down half of the field every game. Like his impact is huge. Right, And I think Adrian Amos is probably playing his best ball since he's been with the Packers. Their secondary is really, really playing well. And up front, I love Kenny Clark. I love Zadarius Smith. And I'm getting excited about Rashawn Gary. But I'm frustrated because it's still this defense still isn't very good. 
and they have all of these bright spots and it doesn't seem to make a difference. Like, why is that? Can you please help me understand this? I wish I had the answers for you. I really do. Because I agree with you. Like, I think the pieces are all there. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a really young, exciting team to build around. And I think scheme is also a little bit of a cop-out. Like, I've actually been trying to really watch. And, you know, Mike Pettin is doing some of the stuff that we brought him in to do. He blitzed this past weekend, like, more than he has all season. Like, he... So I don't know if it's it's scheme or execution or maybe it's just that your weakest link is always the problem. And to me, the weakest link is the middle of the defense. And there's just nowhere to like single handedly place blame. But I think there are some very clear areas of improvement that I want to see them do this offseason. Yeah, I was talking to a coworker the other day. It might. <sighs> You know, looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. maybe they keep Blake Martinez instead of Kirksey, and then you can just work in Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes next to Blake Martinez, who's always there. He's always healthy. I, yeah. I think Blake Martinez was kind of a punching bag for Packer fans just because he was put in that spot. But looking back, I, I might have been a smart deal to keep him and, and pair him with the young backers. I just The problem is, as you mentioned, your weakest part of the defense is always going to get attacked, right? That's what the offense is going to go after, and... Smart offensive coordinators are going to attack the middle of the field with the Packers, and I don't know that there's much that they can do about that. Exactly. I actually I was always, always in the minority of people who liked Blake Martinez. And it's just when you have someone who's leading the league in tackles, like there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I do think that he priced himself out a little bit. Like the Packers were never going to give him the contract the Giants did. So that's fair. Um, and who knows? You know, we could have gotten a Christian Kirksey who – was reverted back to his healthy form, who was amazing, who was a thumper uh, back in in Cleveland. We just didn't get that, and that's also a little bit of the name of the game and bringing in free agents. But we have some exciting young guys. I love Kamal Martin. I actually mm-hmm. just recorded Packer Report with Ross, and I was raving about how I need him on the field more. Um, so I hope that we see that. I, I think we need an upgrade at slot corner. We play so much nickel and so much dime, and Chandon has just been really struggling. And as someone who's one of her favorite players ever on the Packers is Tremont Williams. Like, I really feel his loss a lot. Also, just like that vet presence. Like, Kevin King is the oldest back there. Maybe an Adrian Amos, but you're just missing that, like, experience. Um, so that's kind of the upgrade I want to see in addition to inside linebacker this offseason. But I really love our front. Well, Our look at the difference. Yeah, the front the front is good, and and I mean, look at the difference Charles Woodson made in twenty twenty. Not just the plays that he made on the field, but you know, teaching those young guys how to prepare. And we've heard these examples, you know, a million times. But I think it I think it pays to have a veteran, and it pays to have a great guest like you on my show, Perry. I appreciate you as always. Have a wonderful Christmas, and hopefully, we'll talk like I don't know after the NFC Championship game when the Packers are Super Bowl bound or something like that. If you're not, you know, too much in demand, if I can get you at that point, because if the Packers make it, everybody's going to want to talk to you. Um, But that'll be Grant, I always have time for you. Always. That's what I like to hear. Thanks, Perry. Thank you. That's Perry Goldstein. You can find her on Twitter at Perry Goldstein. P-E-R-R-I underscore gold. S-T-E-I-N. She said TV, Packer Report, game on. A lot of good content and really, really good Wholesome, non-critical Packers coverage. And I'm often just a rain cloud on Twitter. Perry's the opposite, so you should follow her. Her work is awesome. 
Uh, I want to get back into football coming up after 5 o'clock, but let's take a very quick break. And I have a PSA, uh, an announcement, a message for Badger fans. Quote-unquote, Badger fans. I want to address you coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. Hope your Friday was uh, stress-free and you're looking forward to a nice, relaxing, enjoyable weekend. A lot of good sports tomorrow. You could really you really set up shop on your couch from 11 a.m. until 10.30 p.m. and have sports to watch between basketball, college football, NFL. Good day of sports tomorrow. Get the slow cookers ready, folks. I, I would prep them tonight. Get them clean. Get some ingredients chopped up. Get ready to go. Because when you wake up tomorrow... It's game time, quite literally. Uh, there's no time to waste with all the games on tomorrow. Uh, if you want a good rundown and a good preview and what I think is a pretty decent strategy plan on how to tackle tomorrow, uh, you can check out yesterday's podcast of the Wisco Sports Show at WKTYsports.com and the WKTY mobile app. I think I laid it out pretty well. How many TVs you need, uh, what kind of snacks are appropriate for what kind of the day. Don't start drinking too early. I'm going to warn you right now. That's always my problem. I have one Bloody Mary, I have two, and then I get sleepy, and the rest of my day is shot. Shot. I become a part of my couch so quickly. Can't can't have more than one drink, so I just, I'll have a sparkling water during the 11, 11 games tomorrow. I won't I won't push push the envelope. I won't push my luck. I want to keep talking about the Packers, and I want to hear from Devontae Adams coming up in about 15 minutes, and, and we will. I say I want to. We will. Sorry, I'm in, I'm in charge. We're going to hear from Devontae Adams coming up in 15 minutes. But first, I, I want to talk about the Packers, and I want to use Giannis, and I want to use the Bucks as an example to do so. I want to talk about the Packers, but I want to use Giannis as kind of a, a vehicle to do so. Wednesday, Giannis mentioned that the Bucks have failed the last two seasons to make it to the NBA Finals, and Giannis says, it might take a few more years. We'll do whatever it takes. This is Giannis, if you missed it. I think we can, you know, we can get better. I believe um, we can get better. We, we got better. We have a great team. We have a great culture. I know that I'm working towards that goal. You know, the front office is working towards that goal. So I'm good. You know, I'm happy. I think everybody's on the same page. Um, and at the, end, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, like, you got to you gotta look the past. So, like, we've gotten we've got better every single year. And the, in my opinion, the last two years was the, realistically, the two years we fight for a championship. The years before that, there was in the championship years right so I think it's, it's not gonna be easy you know every team gotta you know get hurt every team gotta um, feel disappointment and um, you know not win it as e- easy right because you gotta learn from your mistakes and I think we've had these two years and it might be three years it might be four years that we, we're gonna feel disappointed we're not we're not gonna win but at the end of the day I think we're working towards the right goal and um it's easy to make my decision. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I love his logic right there. Right? Yeah, we've come up short the last two years. That stinks. But this team's getting better. They're focused on improving. The organization's focused on improving. And I'm focused on improving. Right? I am working to get better. We're all working to get better, and we're going to get this done. It might take another year or two. Right? We're going to be patient. We're going to keep our nose to the grindstone. And I hope he keeps that energy. And Giannis's remarks, specifically at the end, when he's saying, hey, it might take a year, it might take two years, like it, you know, we'll get there. It reminded me of what Pat Riley said when LeBron James left the Heat. So LeBron goes to the Heat. For those of you who maybe don't follow the league very closely, he takes his talents to South Beach. 
teams up with Dwayne Wade and LeBron and, and, and Chris Bosh. He just teams up with himself. They lose to the Mavericks the first year, right? Then they beat the Thunder. Then they beat the Spurs. And then they lose to the Spurs in the fourth year. And after that fourth year, the end of a four-year stretch in which the Heat win two out of four championships and two back-to-back, LeBron says, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm out. And he goes back to Cleveland. But when LeBron left Miami, Pat Riley was not thankful. He was not, oh my God, you brought us two championships. Thank you so much. Pat Riley was, he was a little bit sour. Because Pat Riley wanted some heads up. He wanted to be a part of that decision. And I think LeBron kind of cut him out. And Pat Riley was ticked. And he kind of called LeBron out. Because LeBron took off the year after losing. Like, ah, I got to leave. We lost. And Pat Riley reminded everyone, look, only one team gets to win the title every year. One team. That's it. There's certainly more than one deserving team every year. There's certainly more than one deserving superstar. But only one gets to win it. And Pat Riley argued two out of four is pretty darn good. Let's keep it going. What do you mean? You lose once, you skip town? Right? And, and that was Pat Riley's logic. I think that matches up with the logic that Giannis used in his presser on Wednesday. Presser in the, in the soundbite that you just heard. I think we might need to use this approach for the Packers. And I think this is probably too little too late. I think we needed this reminder probably five or six years ago. But we always say championship or bust. That's how Green Bay is. That's how Packers fans are. It's called title town for a reason. I get it. Anything less than a Super Bowl is unacceptable. And it's deemed a failure. All right, I agree. It's not the most rational way to approach it, but fans aren't always rational. Okay, there's 32 teams. There's only one Lombardi trophy. That's the reality. There's certainly more than one deserving team, more than one deserving star quarterback, more than one deserving head coach every year. But only one gets to win it. Only one quarterback gets to hold up the Vince Lombardi trophy. Only one coach, one organization. Not because nobody else deserves it, but because that one team excelled higher and played better and won that championship over all the other teams. I have a coworker who's kind of an Aaron Rodgers hater. He might be listening right now. He occasionally texts the show. And a few weeks ago, we were chatting, and, and this was right after I talked about Mike McCarthy on my show. And I was hinting at maybe the idea that Mike McCarthy's no good. Maybe he's a terrible coach. And if that turns out to be the case, and he's fired in Dallas, and he, you know, he never latches on again as a coach, maybe we look differently at the last decade. Maybe we don't fault Aaron Rodgers so much for being a tiny bit passive-aggressive. And maybe we don't fault Rodgers for holding on to the ball, and, and we don't fault him for the offense struggling because Mike McCarthy maybe just wasn't a good coach. Right? And he confronted me about it. He said, well, what if they lose this year? Then can we finally admit Aaron Rodgers is part of the problem? And it wasn't just Mike McCarthy. And I told him, wait, 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 wait. If the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game, game this year, they lose in the Super Bowl to a good team, and it's not a blowout and it's a hard-fought game, th- there is no problem. That's the league playing out before our eyes. That's one team beating another team. That's one team showing up and playing better on any given Saturday or Sunday in the postseason. We, we got it. If the Packers lose in the postseason this year, assuming they don't get blown out, let's say they lose a one-possession game, heartbreaker game on the road or at home, and they lose to a deserving, worthy opponent. There's no problem to be solved. There's no organizational overhaul. Maybe they change defensive coordinators. Maybe not. But but we got to get out of this mindset that the, that the Packers are broken and need to be fixed if they don't win the Super Bowl every single year. I love a championship or bust mentality. I think that's the approach you should always have when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. But the real reality is only one team gets to win the championship every single year. And it can't always be your team. And you have to be okay with that. You can't want to fire someone, blow something up, cut a player, trade a player. That's, that's not how it works. I think good piece of perspective. And we get it with the Bucks. We get it with, with Giannis. 
We also have to apply that to the Packers, I think, just for the sake of, of being thorough, being honest. Let's take a break. I want to hear from number 17, Devontae Adams, coming up next. Happy Friday. Thanks for being here for the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. The vibes are just out of this world today. The energy is outstanding, and I'm glad you're here. We've been talking Packers, talked a little bit of Bucks too, just a brief moment on the Badgers. We're trying to hit a little bit of everything. Amazing day of sports tomorrow. Very much looking forward to it. I recommend getting in bed early tonight. You're going to need your rest tomorrow. Sitting on the couch all day and watching TV, it is exhausting. It might not seem like it, but... You need your beauty rest tonight, so get in bed, get a good night's sleep, wake up, and, and fire up the slow cooker tomorrow. Be ready for all day. Multiple TVs. Yep, you got it. 608-796-2558. That's the talking text line, and you can always tweet at me at Wisco Grant as well. Love to have you. Would love for you to be part of the show. Yesterday, we made a difficult decision on the show. It's a show that brings me no pleasure. In fact, it brings me the opposite. Um, it brings me sadness. But it's a decision that had to be made. It's not a popular decision, but it's a fair one. We are done effusely praising Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to go over the top to sing the praises of number 12. We're not going to grovel and spill our guts every week when Aaron Rodgers goes for 403 touchdowns. We're not going to do it. We will be accurate. We will report the facts. We will read the stats and go over the box score. But that, that's, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to gush. I'm not going to be an over-the-top fan because I will not jinx this. I will not do it. I, I, I won't be able to sleep at night. If I cost Aaron Rodgers his third MVP, I, I, I don't know what I'd do with myself. I don't know how I could go on. I don't know how we could continue the show. I think I'd have to cancel myself for the sake of our state and the sake of our sports teams. So we put an embargo on Aaron Rodgers' talk. Unnecessary Aaron Rodgers' talk. We will be accurate and we will be fair, but we're, we're not going to gush. right? We'll find a way to talk about Elton Jenkins for 15 minutes. I, I will sleep better at night if that's the case. So instead today of hearing from Aaron Rodgers, I thought we'd bring another Packer into the fold. We would welcome in Devontae Adams to the show, who typically we don't hear from. I, I don't I, I don't play a lot from Devontae Adams on this show just because I like hearing from the quarterback, occasionally the head coach. That's, that's it, right? I don't like to hit you over the head endlessly with press conferences and, and post-game speeches and stuff. It's, it's not why you're here. If you want to watch that, you can look it up. Go to Packers.com, click video. It's all right there. But this week, I, I thought it was interesting to get a different perspective from Devontae Adams. He was first asked, what he has learned playing football in 2020. And I'm like, damn, Friday, about to start a weekend. That's some good perspective. That's some good meaning of life talk. I want to get into that. Devontae Adams on what it means and what he's learned to play professional football in the year 2020. Well, first off, just before we get into the football part of it, just really learning to appreciate the people around you and the people uh, that you have in your life just all around, just because something like this can happen and shut down the, the entire world and um, leave you in a position to where... You know, you're missing out on some interaction with people. I'm sure there's been people who, and not to get too deep into it, but I'm sure there's been people who lost um, loved ones during this this time that they didn't get to see and, um, you know, tell them they love them as many times as what they have in the past. So just from that perspective, just kind of being in the moment and, and um, appreciative of the people around you, I think that that's number one. And um, from the football side of it, I'd, I'd say similar to the answer I just gave, but – um, more so pertaining to the fans. I mean, we've had fans. 
We lose Devontae Adams? I think we lost Devontae Adams. Well, damn. I'll restart the uh, the program. We'll get Devontae Adams back. Luckily, he's not live. How awkward would that be if I actually had him on the phone and we lost connection? That would be that would be a major league bummer. I liked that perspective from Devontae Adams. Appreciating the people around you. Teammates, coaches, just enjoying the little moments. And, and I think we feel that in our lives. I'm not going to work at Lambeau Field every day. But at the radio station I work at, I love my coworkers. Right? That, that's a huge plus of working in radio, I've found. I really love all the people I work with. They're all unique. I, I think everybody here's got something not quite right with them. Like, we're all messed up a little bit, and that's why we work in radio, and it's a blast. It's really, really fun. And I miss getting together. We have a, a, one of my coworkers, Hunter Baumgart. He did his last show on WKTY here in Lacrosse this morning. He's moving on, got a new job, and he's on to bigger and better things. And we couldn't throw him a party which is a huge bummer. He's worked here almost five years and we couldn't throw a, a shindig. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything because of COVID. And I feel that at work. I, I miss those random moments where I'm in a meeting with six people and we get to talk about what we did over the weekend. It's just the little things. And Devonta Adams, I think, pointing out a good piece of perspective about that, but also pointing out appreciating fans. And, and I think he cut off right before he got to that part. And we have Devonta Adams back. So hopefully when I play the next clip, it won't cut off. Hopefully. But I love him talking about how he appreciates fans because we've watched sports our entire life, NBA, MLB, and NFL, you know, what have you. And I've never really paid attention to the fans before. Sure, the ones in Seattle are loud and obnoxious, and we hear about it every friggin' day. Can't wait for that to come back. I can't wait for the, the, the fluff pieces on the 12th. Man, I wonder, by the way, speaking of, we're getting rid of the Cleveland Indians mascot. We got rid of the, the Washington R-Words. When are we going to get rid of the 12th man? Mighty gender exclusive, don't you think, Seattle? Huh? We're a couple of years away. Just, just watch. 12th man. Mighty sexist. It's gender binary as well. I kid, but also, you'd be surprised. Right? Appreciating fans. We pay it, We don't pay attention to them. We take them for granted. And I don't love going to live games. I don't love being at Lambeau Field, honestly. I'd rather watch a game at home. Or if somebody wants to give me a ticket and I can stay overnight and, yeah, we'll lay out the red carpet. Okay, fine. I'll come to Lambeau Field. Jeez, twist my arm. But I don't like driving three hours there and back in the dark to Lambeau Field to sit outside in the cold and wait through commercial breaks. No, I... It's not really my thing. I like going to Bucks games, but it's a long drive. I I would, however, eat an entire bag of charcoal this instant if I could go to a game at Miller Park. Cold summer shandy in my hand. A delicious broth that I grilled in the parking lot. I'm not paying for one. I love Miller Park, but you pay for a third baseman. I'll buy a broth. That's how it works. Like, I grill, grill my own in the parking lot. Thank you very much. I would love to go to Miller Park right now. And I miss fans at games. This is a weird energy. I remember the first night, Texans Chiefs. So weird. So weird, and we've gotten used to it, but I can't wait to have fans back. I can't wait. Continuing with Devontae Adams, he was asked about Aaron Rodgers and how he's been much better this year than in the last two, and Adams was asked from the perspective of, of course, Aaron Rodgers' best wide receiver, when he realized in 2020 that this version of Aaron Rodgers is next level, at least in comparison to 2019 and 2018. Well, I don't know. I look at it differently, you guys, because, I mean, I see him every single day, so um, regardless if he goes out and has the best year of his life um, last year or if it was a down year in everybody else's uh, mind or, or whatever, however you want to look at it, I see this man go to work every single day, and I see some of the things that he does in practice daily that, uh, you know, wows the fans and wows the, the world on, on Sundays. But I get to see that literally every single day that we come in this building and we practice. So um, I guess you could say I knew long before everybody else. It was long before week one when he went and blew it up and, you know, went and beat the Saints and did all this stuff that, um, obviously, without me playing in that game, everybody's trying to, you know, say he's back to the old A-Rod. I see that old A-Rod, whoever that is, um, daily. So I, I know it's coming just because I see the look in his eye. 
Um, you know, honestly, depending on what look I saw in his eye or anything else, I was honestly knew that it was coming just because I know the type of guy he is and how he would respond. Um, not just based on his play last year and maybe wanting to play a little bit better than that, but how we left off with a sour taste in our mouth after that Niner game and, uh, just some of the other games, even if we would have won that game, I think some of the other games that we had during the season, um, you know, we had a pretty successful season, but there was some throws, I'm sure, and some, some games that he wished he could just have back. So knowing the type of competitor he is, I guess I knew, um, far ahead of time. We do need to be honest about the performance of Aaron Rodgers the last two years. Because here's what happened. Aaron Rodgers was bad by quarterback standards last year. He wasn't the bottom of the league, but he was he was average. And in 2018, he wasn't great either. Right in Mike McCarthy's final year, where they went, what, 6-9-1? and one? That's how they finished the year, missed the playoffs? Aaron Rodgers wasn't great. And then he comes out this year, and he's great. And Packer fans start taking this victory lap. We start, see, he was never washed. See, you guys gave up on him. You quit on him. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, the media is crazy. They're just out for clicks. Well, Aaron Rodgers is great this year. He wasn't great last year, and he wasn't great the year before. And we can't do the revisionist history thing where we say, well, see, he was great all along. Well, no, he wasn't. Like, his completion percentage took a huge dip the last two years, and he was hanging on to the ball, and throwaways were at an all-time high, and he was wasting plays, and he was taking sacks, and he was risking his own health. So so don't, don't edit history, because Aaron Rodgers is great in 2020. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden he wasn't average or below average in 2018, 2019. He was. He was. But I like Devontae Adams' approach. Look, you see him on game day. I see him every day. And whether the results are there or not, right, he's he's Aaron Rodgers. He's great. And he puts the work in, and he's a great leader, and, you know, all that you know, gush over my teammate type of stuff. Interesting way to approach a player. Not only thinking about game day, but thinking about, you know, all the other days, the practices, the OTAs, the weightlifting sessions, that kind of thing. You know, team get-togethers when that was allowed. Right? That, that's important, too, and I'm glad Devontae Adams spoke to that. That's a good piece of perspective. Oh, Devontae Adams. Then asked more about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball on time this year. On schedule. Hitting the reads when they're supposed to be hit. Dumping the ball down when it's supposed to be dumped down. And Rodgers hasn't been scrambling this much. At least in comparison to the last few years. What's the difference this year, uh, Devontae Adams? Um, well, one, I just think just having an extra year together, being able to rep and practice. Um, you know, so we have a lot of young guys who haven't been around. And you see the, the beneficiaries of the scramble drill and some of the off-schedule stuff in the past has been veteran guys. So you look at Jordy, type of connection they had. Um, Randall, same thing. Um, James, obviously, been here years and years with, with A-Rod, too. So all these guys have been playing with Aaron for, for years. Um, and then on top of that, having a new system, coming in, new coaches and everything um, last year, you got to kind of find your rhythm. And it's not going to be – it's not easy. I know some of the things we do on the field, we make it look easy, but it's um, – it's difficult. It's hard to get on the same page when when other guys are trying to get on the same page and, and obviously have a plan for what you're doing. So, um, you know, they, they know we when we break um, the initial play and things break down and we start trying to look around for receivers and stuff, um, you know, guys tend to be able to catch on. So if you're not on top of it, you're not playing it the, the best you ever have, um, you know, and we're not on, on the same page, wideouts and, and quarterback, um, it's going to be glaring. So you're going to see a lot of those times where this year I feel like, you know, even the second play of the game, um, the play breaking down, him finding EQ. Um, last year, maybe that doesn't happen, and then the ball gets thrown away, and, you know, the play isn't any good. So I think just having those reps, understanding where you fit in in that scramble drill mode, um, being able to have that urgency and find the open spots and, and just letting it come to you naturally, uh, that's probably been the difference this year. I don't, I don't know about throwing on time, 
throwing in rhythm, you'd have to dig deep into the analytics and you'd have to pull up some pro football focus spreadsheets. I don't subscribe to pro football focus. It's a bummer. If one of my bosses is listening, I would just love a couple of bucks to subscribe to that. That would, that would be a, a big benefit to the show because I could, because I could dig into the numbers about, you know, release time, right? A- average depth of target, right? Actually how Aaron Rodgers is manipulating the offense, almost how he's shifting gears, right? He's in the driver's seat. And the car is the offense, and he's handling it differently this year. He's shifting and, and turning differently than in years past. And I would love to dig into some of that data. But you don't need to dig into the data, at least right now. You, you can just sum it up as, as, as wasted plays. How many wasted plays are there? How many plays has Aaron Rodgers had this year where he scrambles and no one's open, so he holds on to it until the last second, takes a hit, and throws it out of bounds? Wasted play. There haven't been as many of those. Those were every other play in 2019, every other play in 2018. Aaron Rodgers running around, nothing's open, waits till the last possible second, throws the ball away, right? There's not a lot of plays like that this year. Every play, you're getting some sort of positive yardage. Even if it's on a check down for six yards, it's better than nothing. It's better than a throwaway, right? And that's why the Packers have been so good on third down. They're never in third and 10. They're never in third and long. A lot of times the Packers don't even come up on third down because they're so effective on first and second down. Aaron Rodgers, not as many wasted plays. You can talk about the throwing on time, on target, right? Playing within the offense, getting the ball out in two and a half seconds, right? All that stuff. And, and you could dig deep into the spreadsheets, and I would love to. Once again, appealing to my boss on air, um, which I don't know if this is professional or not. A couple of bucks every month for a pro football focus subscription would be highly beneficial to me in the show. And selfishly, I just I want to subscribe to pro football focus. But you don't need to dig into the spreadsheets for this. You can see it with your eyes. There's no wasted plays. Rodgers is dropping back. Phew, balls out, just like that. Certainly a difference from this year to last year. Finally, Devontae Adams asked about home field advantage and what it means to the Packers, right? I, I think a lot of Wisconsin sports radio hosts, at least the one that I've talked to and, and listened to, I think they get it twisted, right? They're like, well, would you rather play at Lambeau Field in the cold, no fans, or in a climate-controlled environment in the Superdome? Lambeau. Lambeau. 10, t- 10 times out of 10, twice on Sunday. Absolute, absolutely Lambeau Field. Now, this year, it wouldn't be as bad to have to go to the Superdome. It wouldn't be the end of the world to go to Tampa, but it would still be better to play in Lambeau. Are you kidding me? And cold weather playoff games are just way better. Let's not overthink this. The Packers are not better on the road. You want them in Lambeau. And I think mentally for Aaron Rodgers, he said for the last couple of years, we got to get one of these games at home. Well, now they have a chance. And Devontae Adams was asked what it means to this team and how they're approaching the possibility of a, a top seed and home field advantage. Yeah, I mean... The the obvious thing all everyone says and coaches love to say is, you know, one one game at a time, which is obviously how, how you have to do it. But when you're a team like we are and you have your sights set on that Lombardi trophy, um, you know, those type of talks definitely happen. You know, it's, it's nothing you definitely don't want to overlook. And I think we're all mature enough in this building to, to be able to have those type of talks and um, not looking forward, but to be able to talk about the future a little bit. Um, so just to be able to be aware, I think that is, that's more of what it is. It's not getting ahead of ourselves, but just being aware. Sometimes you just got to make, you know, a bunch of young guys fully aware of the situation. Like, hey, coming into, you know, you say we win these three games, coming into it, just letting them know. Obviously, everyone on the football team knows how the playoffs goes, but to be able to look a, a rookie or a second-year, third-year guy in the space and say, look, we got to win two freaking football games at home, and then we're going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I feel like that makes it a little bit more clear than just knowing that, you know, we're the one seed and we have a bye and this and that, winning two football games at home and then playing the Super Bowl. That's crystal clear, and that's kind of the message that we've had, um, you know, for the past, like, week or two. But once again, not one to get too far ahead, but just 
making sure everybody can have that clear illustration of um, just how close and how simple it is. It's not easy to, to get there, but it's really simple as long as we take care of this business in front of us. Devontae Adams makes a lot of sense, right? We're not obsessing over the one seed to the point where we're losing focus on the Panthers, but it's a clear goal, right? You want to talk about it like it's a clear goal. You want to put it out there so you can see it every day, right? Isn't, isn't, isn't that how it's supposed to work? If you want something and you're working towards it, you should hang a picture on the fridge so you see it every day. Smart goal, right? Specific uh, let's see, do I remember the letters for smart goal? Specific, manageable, attainable, um, or smart. What is the R in smart goal? This is terrible radio, but now I'm, con- now I'm convinced I can figure it out. Realistic? And what's the T? Time sensitive? I think I did it. I'll look it up over the break. Smart goal, right? If, if you have a goal, one seed, speak about it. Speak it into existence, right? Put it right where you can see it every single day. And I think that's smart. Don't let it distract you, but make it very clear. Devontae Adams, last thing, asked about chasing uh, Jerry Rice's touchdown record and his streak. Is it something you think about? I love Devontae Adams' response. I think it's quite funny. No, I think about scoring touchdowns a lot. I definitely think about that. But records, I just let those come. And I let Tom text me or catch me after the game and let me know if anything interesting has happened. Uh, But, yeah, I I tend to just think about the touchdown itself and uh, score it and then go from there on, on all that stuff. But, it's pretty awesome, obviously, but um, you know, I want I want the all time records. That's what my mindset on. So um, when we look back and when we have a a fits like uh, career, you know, as far as duration, hopefully I can look back and say, you know, we got a lot of boxes checked with a couple of couple Super Bowls um, to add to that, and uh, you know, that's that's what my mind is. At the end of the day, I want to be great, and I want this team to be great, and uh, you know, it's the 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 awards are little uh, minor achievements along the way, you know, the weekly things here and stuff like that. It makes me feel good, obviously, but that ain't what drives me. What drives me is getting the Super Bowl and, um, you know, ultimately trying to be the best receiver um, to play this game. So that's how I attack it. That's how I attack my day-to-day. And that translates to touchdowns, which can translate to all that stuff down the road. But I'm just focused on what I need to be focused on. I love that answer you ask. Hey, uh, Devontae Adams, do you think about uh, catching Jerry Rice for games with most uh, touchdowns? consecutively, and Devontae Adams goes, well, I think about scoring touchdowns a lot. I don't think about records. (laughs) I like Devontae Adams a lot. He is all business. He's an intimidating dude. All business, very serious, uh, and always, of course, gets a glowing recommendation and and, uh, endorsement from Aaron Rodgers. Everything he says, everything he does, Aaron Rodgers has his back. That's a good sign. Let's take a break. Uh, I I, I got a chance to say this briefly before 5 o'clock. But I have a message for Badger fans. I, I've been very disappointed in Badger fans, myself included. And I will tell you what I'm talking about. I'll, exp- I'll, I'll give you my plea, and then we'll go off into the weekend. Two Badger games tomorrow. I think we need a reminder. I think we need a, a rallying cry for Badgers fans. And I will be that rallying cry. I'll be that voice coming up. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show after this.